Hi, and welcome back to Get Fit Guy. I'm your host, Kevin Don, and this week I am not going to be jumping on the bandwagon of all the New Year stuff. Although I will say, Happy New Year to all my listeners. Thank you for listening to the show all 2023. I hope that we can keep this true for 2024. So, why wouldn't I give everyone success strategies for New Year, New You? Well, because it's totally arbitrary. January the 1st is New Year. It didn't even have any meaning until 1582, when Pope Gregory the 13th revised the calendar, and that date was then gradually adopted across Europe and then beyond. The point being that you can make a positive change any time you want. In fact, from moment to moment, we make decisions that impact our health and well-being. Go for lunch. Do you have a burger or the chicken salad? You go to the store. Do you park your car close or do you park it further away and get in some steps? You go to the mall. Do you take the stairs or the escalator? You don't need to wait for some arbitrary date to make a better choice about anything. So I am not on Team New Year. I'm on Team Proactive. And that being, you can make a change anytime you want. So instead of that nonsense, I want to share an experience that I had this past month in a training setting that might give you some takeaways that could inform choices you make in the new year or anytime. So, on to the story. This month, a new gym opened very close to my apartment. So close that it would be very convenient for me to go train there. It's about 250 meters away. So, I dropped by to go check it out. And this is where my red flags started. So I wasn't able to look at the gym, apparently. Instead, I was told I'd have to go back home, go to their website, and book a free, no-obligation discovery call. I figured that, okay, although I hate stuff like this, it could, at the very least, make a good episode of Get Fit Guy. And I was right. So, later that night, one of their trainers called me up after I'd booked my discovery call, and asked me about my goals and explained how their gym worked. Apparently, they weren't like other gyms and were running a model where you can only use the gym with a trainer and only use it in their small group personal training. Now, this is where I really started with the eyebrow raising. Studying philosophy, I have to say, I have a great insight into the meaning of personal that being that it is unique to a person. Personal identity cannot belong to an object, for example, and it's also numerical identity, that being there's only one of that thing. You are you because even if your identical twin, if they were absolutely biologically identical to you in every way, would not be you because they don't have your memories and experiences So they don't have your personal identity. That is, if you believe that uh, personal identity is down to memories and experiences, which was the sort of central idea of personal identity from a philosopher called John Locke. Anyway, that aside, personal training must therefore be uniquely individual to me. If I booked a personal tour of a museum and I showed up and there were five other people on the tour it's fairly obvious this is not a personal tour, it's a group tour. Likewise, if training occurs in a group, it's group training, 
It's not group personal training because those two things are actually mutually exclusive. So I asked them, okay, what is it that makes a group training session personal? And apparently training people in small groups allows us to make personal training more affordable, more flexible, more fun, and honestly, more effective. Okay. The group dynamic provides support, camaraderie, and banter that combine to create a results-yielding furnace. Honestly, I still don't see the difference between this and group training. And claiming that it's going to be more effective is, I mean, that's insane. How could something that's not designed for me be more effective than something is designed for me? Well, that's just a lie, right? The trainer assured me that in the group personal training, things would be modified for my ability and level. Anyway, this led me to my next question. If this personal training happens in a group, which member of that group are you basing the program design on? Because that's how personal training works by nature. I ask your goal, I then assess your abilities, and I write you a program to get you to your goals based upon your abilities. So what's this program based on? Or who is it based on? Well, apparently it's not. So there's a program of the day that is written for the gym as a whole, and every single person that walks through the door that day does that workout. So the program isn't reflective in any way of my personal goals. It's written not for a person, but for the gym as a whole. And it's taught in a group, not one-to-one. So at this point, I'm now wondering how on earth you can keep a straight face and tell me that this is personal training, because it's literally, by definition, the exact opposite of personal training. Anyway, the next step apparently would be to have a free movement assessment so that they would know how to personalize things in the group for me. So they booked in my 45-minute free assessment, the first 15 minutes of which the trainer talked to me all about himself before asking me to do some squats, telling me they were great. Ditto with the strict press and a Romanian deadlift, and I was done. If you're a regular listener, you'll know there are multiple movement patterns and energy systems, as well as directions and space that you can do these movements in. Core engagement, my lunging ability, my pulling ability were not tested. Everything I did was on the spot, one place, bilaterally, so with both feet, and nothing assessed my ability to do work, what my work capacity was, or my ability to remain aerobic whilst performing work. And that's it. I was now ready for a membership. Cost? 350 US dollars a month, which is absolutely unbelievable. It's not unbelievable in some places I've been. I don't think it's unbelievable in LA. I don't think it's unbelievable in Manhattan. It's not unbelievable in some places in Chicago, uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo. But it's definitely unbelievable in Scotland. So what's the moral of this story? And it is really that in order to differentiate themselves in, frankly, what is a completely saturated market, Gyms and fitness providers often resort to total client bamboozlement in order to stand out from the crowd as much as possible. Um, You know, group training 
happens in a group and personal training has to be personal. So don't fall for these tricks and look at whether or not something has the ability really to help you reach your goals. Can group training with a program written for nobody at all help you reach an individual goal? No. It's also just massively overpriced. So 250 meters in the opposite direction in front of my apartment building, I can go to the CrossFit gym, which I don't go to, but there I could do the exact same thing, right? There's a workout of the day, which is modified for people in a group, in a class, for 100 bucks a month. It's literally the same. So anyway, moral of that is don't fall for marketing words and jargon and hype. So let's move on to a listener email. Hi, Kevin. Jim from Massachusetts here. Hi, Jim. What is up? I've got a question about the efficacy of collagen supplements. I'm in my early 60s and always have one joint or another stiff, sore and achy. Several people have suggested taking collagen supplements. I understand that collagen is a protein, although not complete with all the nine nine essential amino acids, Therefore, wouldn't just eating adequate amounts of complete protein provide any benefit gained by collagen supplementation? Thanks for your input. Keep up the good work. Hi, Jim. You are absolutely correct. Collagen supplementation, as far as I'm concerned, is a total waste of money. Collagen will be broken down into amino acids by protease enzymes in the small intestine. Whether or not your body then uses those amino acids to repair collagen degradation is really anyone's guess. And you would just be as well eating foods containing the specific amino acids related to collagen production, glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline. These would be the usual suspects, meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and to a lesser extent, legumes and soy. Eating collagen to replace collagen reminds me of ancient medicine where people that had impotence ate a tiger's penis. No surprise that the only thing to come out of that was an endangered species. Save money, eat real food. Now, if you have a question or just want to say hi, email me at getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com and you too could have your email answered on the show. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Thank you. And yeah, the blurb, Get Fit Guy is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. Thanks to the team at Quick and Dirty Tips, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchins, Davina Tomlin, Cameron Lacey, and Brennan Getchus. I'm your host, Kevin Don. If you have a question for me, leave me a voicemail at 510-353-3104 or send me an email at getfitguyquickanddirtytips.com. For more information about the show, visit quickanddirtytips.com or check out the show notes in your podcast app. 